Hello, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. I am very proud to say today that we are entering our ninth season. That means that we have 180 stories in Black History Moment with Bo's library. Stories that reflect upon us, some stories that will make you sad, and some stories that will make you glad. But nonetheless, they will be stories of truth and fact that have been hidden. And we are going into this ninth season with guns blasting, holding back nothing. But I have learned after 180 shows, you cannot force someone to comprehend a message that they are not ready to receive. Still, you must never underestimate the power of planting a seed. Listen, I know you have been wondering why I have only been dropping about one show a week. But I had some personal things in my life that I had to take care of. And I know you understand that. And I hope you understand that I exist because my ancestors used their creativity to survive. And with that being said, I'm going to enter the darkness and tell you a story about a law that was used against us and that we completely turned around in our favor. The Tignan Law, How Black Women Formed Decor Out of Oppression Black women's crowns vary in how they choose to wear their hair, but are crowns nonetheless. New Orleans was unique in its high population of free people of color. The city's free black community made strides in education, business, civil rights, art, medicine, and contributed heavily in the black Creole culture that New Orleans is renowned for. Many but not all free people of color had mixed ancestry of African, European, and Native American descent. But this third class became dehumanizing labels such as mulatto, quadroon, and octoroon that depended on the individual's fraction of Negro blood. Now, physically, they possessed a range of complexions, hair textures, and features. Those light-complected with loose-textured hair were considered by many to be passe blanc. That's New Orleans for pass for whites. Free people of color possessed privileges that their enslaved peers did not. Although technically free from slavery, that mixed ancestry and light skin did not grant them the same social freedoms as whites. In fact, their racial ambiguities posed a threat to the city's white population. It became almost impossible or difficult 
to distinguish who was actually white or who was black and just passe blanc. A majority of the city's white men strangely fetishized these women, reportedly even going as far as to participate in the placage system and quadroon balls. Placage derives from placer, the French word for to place with. And wealthy European men would enter civil unions with mixed-race black women. These unions are said to have been introduced through the highly debated quadroon balls, where these young women would be prettied up, put on display, and marketed. Now, what the hell does that sound like? To participating white men, while they had entire families of their own, this practice contractually ensured that the black woman and her children would be taken care of through financial support, simultaneously feeding the white man's infatuation with these young women. This infatuation spanned across centuries and infuriated the white women in the city. And what happened was their husband's attention on black women's bodies, hair, and style was believed to have posed a threat to their social status. I guess those white men was finding out which side of the bread was being buttered, huh? But in 1786, Louisiana Territory was under the Spanish rule of Governor Esteban Rodriguez Miro. God forbid if a woman of African descent was accidentally treated with the same decency as a white woman. So Myro enforced a law that forced black women to outwardly identify themselves as the slave class, even though a large percentage of them were free. That outward identifier was the Tignan, a piece of material knotted to make headscarves. Black women were to completely cover their hair to refrain from displaying excessive attention to dress. You see, Myro hoped the laws would control women who had become too light-skinned or who dressed too elegantly or who competed too freely with white women for status and thus threatened the social order. I kind of guess this was supposed to spare the feelings of the city's white women, but it didn't work. This law was literally put in place to label ourselves as less than, but black women did what was always been our nature. They flipped the script, flipping oppression into something iconic. These black sisters followed the law by covering their hair, but decorated their tignons with bright, beautiful colors, jewelry, and feathers. What was supposed to suppress these sisters ended up making them even more beautiful in appearance. So beautiful that the European women of the colony couldn't let us have nothing not even the very things meant to oppress us, and began to copy and wear 
pigments as well. Was that when they started copying everything? It may well have been. And since then, they've copied our hair, our clothes, our dance, and in fact, our very being. The Tegman laws no longer existed after the United States acquired Louisiana in the Louisiana Purchase. But black women continue to wear elegant tignons today. And to this very day, black women's hair is still policed. Black girls have been sent home from school because of braids. Black women have been fired due to their natural hair and have lost jobs offering for no cutting their locks. Whether we choose to wrap it up like our ancestors once did or if we want to let it flow free and defy gravity, every bit of our hair is political. However, a black woman chooses to wear her hair is an act of resistance in this white-dominated society. So whichever style that is being culturally appropriated today, please understand that this imitation is not new. In fact, it is centuries old. Culture and tradition built out of necessity can never be replicated. And no matter how hard this society tries, the beauty and innovation of black women can never be diminished. Today, when I see both white men and women with braids and dreadlocks, I can only shake my head and wonder to myself, If they only knew, would they still be sporting that style? Would it still be attractive to them if they knew its origin? Governor Myro had no idea that the law that he passed to disclassify us would live on on the heads of our beautiful sisters even today. And that music tells me that it is once more that time time for me to research and replenish our history. But before I go, I must leave you with this one message. A woman armed with ancestral wisdom is an unstoppable force. And at some point in all lineages, a soul will be born that decides to bring healing to their ancestors. And if you are listening to this Chances are that this beautiful soul is you. Until next time, have a great day. And remember, it's been my honor and it's been my pleasure.